Are we in? We are in. Oh my God. Sorry. You know, like we talked earlier, my head's all over the place. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my soul here today, Peter, but this is, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm feeling the lightning, you know, I'm feeling the life. I'm feeling the journey, feeling the road, feeling the pain, feeling the pleasure, feeling the concern, feeling the confusion. What are you feeling? I, there was a big feeling that I felt when you walked in the door because you didn't like say a whole lot. Like usually it's not like you like walk in like Kramer every single time where it's like your literally intro <laughs> music plays when you just yeah. come over to hang out. But there is like, there's a noticeable change in energy in any room yeah. when you enter just by the natural fact. I love and that. It, usually. <laughs> If like if you could have been wearing like a long dark trench coat and like a hat, like a fedora pulled all the way down your face, was it like, that? That was up. the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was oh the energy God. of like I've been gone for a long time and I'm returning home, <laughs> and for some reason it's the 1950s. Yeah, no, but I can I see it immediately now. Like you know, a, a gentle rap at the door. You even in there? Pull me in. It's been a long one. Pull me in. The shutters. Put, close the shutters. Who's listening? Yeah, it's uh sometimes it's a lot on the FE path. Sometimes it's intense. Uh, didn't you leave like immediately after we recorded last time? Uh what when did we re- Yeah, I mean I left uh very early Wednesday morning. Like yeah, so we recorded, recorded Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So I left very early Wednesday morning and it it's like kind of a blur at this point, but I'm going to try to round back through it because it was some incredible momentous stuff. Um, Wednesday, I actually spent most of the day at home. So it was Wednesday night that I flew out and I ended up, uh, I stayed over at one of the people's house cause we were doing a secret shoot that I couldn't tell anybody about. Now, what was a little frustrating about this was I was scheduled to wrestle in my hometown here in Atlanta Thursday night, which, you know, we'll get to that. But I had to make this pit stop that was super secret and I couldn't tell anybody. And also, like, I have no concerns, really. But I I just objectively, when I zoom out and I go, me at the beginning of the week going, hey, uh, AJ boyfriend, uh, I got to run to New York real quick, Wednesday night, super late, and then I'm going to fly back. You'll see me in Atlanta at the show you're coming to, but I got to go do this secret video shoot, which was obviously... Uh, America and the world found out was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like to hear this next part, Peter. I'm not a building mark. Emotionally, Taylor doesn't get, venues don't get me emotional. Like, I think it's good that venues are there. I think it's nice that, you know, you can use them. I don't know. I don't think I'm a building mark. I didn't feel the building mark in my soul, but I think I acted really well to show up and give the full ambiance. I'm excited at what it means, but it, it, it was, uh, it's a big building. It's the, a, the famously where they do America's got talent. They, right? Yeah. Howie Mandel's been there. And I've also, there's I a, probably didn't leave any DNA behind. Let's be no, honest. gosh, he's gloved up. Howie Mandel has been in this theater and Patty LaBelle actually recorded a version of, a live stage version during her concert at the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, as uh, as Mariah Carey joined her on stage of, to be real, 
It's got to be. Give it up for Mariah. And then Mariah did her part and it was incredible. Uh, so maybe I am a building mark for when Patty LaBelle is in there. I don't know. I I think I'm a I, I'm a, a a utility guy when it comes to some things, and I would say I like I would like to uh, I I like what Onita and uh, Tremont are doing in that baseball field. I think that's rowdy. Just like where can we put the most people to see our exploding ring death match on Halloween? I say, well, it's in this giant baseball field. Let's freaking go, baby. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm probably being pessimistic. I probably should be. I, I'm very honored to be included in that video and very honored to be included in that uh, in that vision. Uh, and I had a good time in there, and it was cool to see. It was very cool to see. And it was cool to see the other guys really, like, who are so deeply into wrestling in that historical sense. That, like, this is, I mean, I guess it is. It's, like, a phenomenal moment. It's, like, a big like a big moment, a big top of the morning moment. You know what I mean? From watching the video, it felt big. It had a big feeling to it. Did it look like I was like, like it was my boyhood dream? It did. Okay, good. God, see, get yeah, ready, no, Oscars. Yeah. I love it. Either way, I, got, I came back to Atlanta and like... It made me feel things and I don't... Yeah, Sorry, do you I, get but it? I don't really care about it. There were a lot of people in the room crying, and I didn't want to be dismissive of their feelings. Guys, I just want to be honest with you here. You know, I'm not trying to be that dismissive well of your made. feelings. And that's Giancarlo DeTamo. Giancarlo, what an incredible... That's the magic of him. He had a vision for this. He had a... Uh, he could read the narrative of the room before we were even in the room, which was, you know, it's the Island of the Misfit Toys, you know? It's... Uh, it's the, it's the outlaw mud show, baby, you know, showing up in the, showing up in the clean glitzy glam of this opera house looking motherfucking place, you know, Giancarlo has all my love and all my heart. Um, yeah, I had to rush back and the airports were not good to me that day. I got back at five, I guess. And I'm supposed to, this is the thing. And I'm like, Y'all are going to feel my energy this week a little bit. And I'm just, it's an honest energy, but I'm going to put it there. Um, by the time I got to center stage Atlanta, where in April of 2009, I saw Lady Gaga perform. And I am of the belief that I was given the same locker room as Lady Gaga because it was the nicest, most private locker room. Um, and so I was like, this must be where Lady Gaga pooped, took a poop. <laughs> you know, it must be where she came and said, all right, boys, leave. I'm, I've been eating hummus dip and veggies all afternoon. We got the show in three hours. And I sat down and tried my best to reenact it, man. But Effie doesn't poop. So what I'm saying is I got there, I got there late enough. I got there ready in time. And I only had one segment on the show. Some people had multiple segments on this show. And I was also switched from match six to match 20 because they thought I was going to be later. I wasn't later. I'm far too efficient with time. I literally just as I exist to get there at the right time. But I was still there far too early. Andy Brown, though, how was the match? How did you feel about this match? You've seen a few of my matches now. Uh, so okay, this is I've been waiting to tell you this. Um, I I get ten percent of it now. I would say you get ten percent mm -hmm. of it now. What was the, the ten? Like the ten percent is that when. Everyone got, cause I'm there, I have to, 
I'm there shooting, and so my mindset is a little bit different. Is that like there, right? I, there's something that I'm trying to trying to make happen. But you're almost watching in a whole better sense, where you're like just trying to capture where this motion is going to end or stop, or where things are going to get that shot, right? Exactly. And the, so the thing that I discovered is when I, I would like zero in and get something, everyone would be erupting around me. And so I started feeling this pull into that energy where it was like, oh, I'm going to put my camera down for a second and yeah. just watch this and like get into it. A lot. It was a, enthusiasm is one of the most contagious things in human beings. And it was extremely contagious that night. Yeah, if there's one enthusiastic person, everybody's like, that guy's really fired up. But if everyone around you is just like, ah, yeah. you're like, this shit must be good. Oh, you know, just let it out of your heart. And then, and I like recognized a couple people from the other show. Okay, okay. Um, that, the there's really a community. Tall dude, the, like, the like seven foot tall guy that... Uh, looks like his suit's a little too small for him. I don't even hey, know his name. You gotta, you gotta be gigantic. <laughs> he has like, I like dark eye makeup. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea who. That's it is. Lo- that's well, I don't know what his name he goes by now is, but he's doing more of a gimp gimmick. Okay, up. so he's got that kind of a sense. zipped up gimp mask that's going to be a little more adult centric. I like to say that um, the product I provide is. 1998 to 2001, uh, hardcore HBO max rated, uh, jolly times, you know, that's what, that's what I want to give out. And I think he's going in that same direction. I hope it's good. Interesting. Yeah. So here's where it gets fun because you saw AJ had had a few cocktails. I'm not going to like be, I'm not going to say how many drinks he had. He had a couple cocktails. He had a good time. There's something very genuine about him though. Like he's not a plant. When he's out there screaming for me, he just loves it. Oh, I can feel that completely. Yeah. No, he was, I would say he spent 50% of the time out of his seat. Yeah. And he'll watch the matches and he'll give very honest critiques. And, you know, he really likes the women's matches sometimes. He was a little confused by some things this time that I tried to explain. But I need you to understand that, like, I was leaving the next day at 6 a.m. Like, my flight was off the ground at 5.55. And so... When we left, AJ was like, look, I love you so much, but you're going to go home and sleep anyway, so drop us at the bar and I'll just Uber. It'll be fine. I said, cool. Totally fine. And so I drive all the way home. The keys are in his jacket. And then I drive all the way back. And this is like after the whole show. Like, we got out of there. What time did you get home? What do you think? Uh, Probably like 12 12 30 okay so this is i'm leaving a little later than that and then i'm taking him to the bar and then i'm driving home i don't have the keys i drive all the way back across town buckhead to the middle of the damn city pick him back up he's he's gotten in a situation of his own which i won't get into which is hilarious nothing dramatic and then by the time we get home i'm like i'm gonna shower and i look at the clock and i'm like it's 3 17 a.m I have to wake up to drive to the airport at like 4.20, you know, oh, to get through security and everything. There will be no sleep here. But I'll tell you what, by the time I got on that plane Friday morning, I was zonked out. Like I sat down and then I woke up and I was in the town. And I was like, here we are. I'm in Pittsburgh. It was incredible. Pittsburgh, man. What do you know about Pittsburgh? Nothing. Okay. It's... I'm going to say some things here that there you'll understand them if you've been to Pittsburgh, but if you haven't, you'll be like, that sounds a little harsh, but it's not just hear me out. 
it's beautiful. It's incredible. You come in, it's built into the river there, the 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 stadium. What's the football guys there? What's the it's the Steelers the Steelers the Steelers stadium you can see it from the bridges the buildings are up it has this beautiful just like sort of I don't know it's it's almost like uh like a like a Harry Potter-esque but if it was like a if Harry Potter learned how to do steel mill tricks I don't know it was it has an energy it has a vibe okay but also the building we were at was this beautiful... Did you see this building we were at for the actual show? No, I don't. Um, I, I had three weddings this weekend. Yeah, you were busy. I'm going to show you this. That. This is called The Priory. Now, Blackcraft Wrestling held their first show there in The Priory. Um, I like the name. Yeah, it is that in sounds Pittsburgh. Harry Potter-y. Now, where is this? Oh, God. There's got to be... Isn't that pictures. where they kept the birds in Harry Potter? The owls. Oh, I remember. I have a picture on my phone here for you. Yeah, I, it's an owl thing. It's such a tall, big, huge building. Well, I'll show you later. It's very church esque, big okay. pipe organs. But we were in the hotel next door, underground. That was our locker room for this place. They were like the green room we use is the hotel next door underground. I said okay, and enjoy wrestling, which is the company that was doing the show in Pittsburgh and they are fantastic. So many snacks, so many provisions, bath bombs, Narcan, health kits, tampons, fruit snacks, candy, apples. So I want to just say this. We are a very diverse group that was there that day for enjoy wrestling of all, you know, types and you get it. It was very diverse of all, all wrestling. And this hotel was also just like open to old white people. And so we kept having to walk through this hotel, all of us in full gear and gimmick, looking rowdy. Like, look at the Enjoy locker room and then look at the oldest white people you've ever seen. And we just kept having to go, excuse me. And I'm rolling through there, full pantyhose, Playtex fucking panties, boots up, spikes saying, excuse me, honey. I signed three eight by tens for the for the ladies there. They were like, oh my God, God let me get y'all a picture. Y'all want a picture? Let me get y'all a picture. I signed them pictures. Make it out to Kim. Hey, what's up, Kim? Love ya. Made it out to, did one for the front desk staff. They were loving it. That's amazing. Spread the fucking joy. They were like, oh my God. I told you that my dentist was in Tampa when y'all were and was at the hotel. I don't know when this was specifically, uh, but my, the uh, woman that cleans my teeth took her daughter down to Tampa and we're staying in a hotel and just saw like a shit ton of wrestlers. Yeah, that was us probably. <laughs> too rowdy. I mean, it could have been the WrestleMania people too, though, down there. She could have seen, but they typically move through those hotels pretty quick. If it was standing around and being rowdy, I don't know. Who knows I just what love she the saw. idea of y'all rolling into a hotel. We roll heavy. Uh, well, you know, you've got to just like keep it on because you've got a match in two hours. You know, it's, that's sort of the sense of that Tampa environment. Those like WrestleMania times. You just got to keep rolling. Um, enjoy wrestling that night. I had to fight Billy Dixon, though. And I have to bring this up just because this girl came up to us after and she was like, you know what? This is so wholesome to see that y'all are talking and y'all are friends because I wouldn't have thought it after your match and really no one should have thought it after our match because we beat the shit out of each other dude God. like 
I, when you know someone that well, and I've known Billy so long and we've done shows together and we've worked very hard together and he has always been a, like a deeply close friend to me outside, you know, like wrestling, but also like I can go to him. And I mean, tornado DDT through a ladder, chair shots, crazy stuff, table jumps, choke slams. It was nuts. It was nonstop. And the crowd was going crazy. I was honestly, you'll see it on the footage. Like I was being a, a real piece of shit. Uh, poor Billy. I was really being a piece of shit and the crowd was loving it. They were, they were totally fine with it. They were cheering for both of us, but they were just like, we don't even mind that you're being a piece of shit, you know, like what a mess. Um, but I had fun being a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, consistently hitting people in the face when you don't have to, uh, consistently punishing them further with stuff that you, you know, you've made your point with. Uh, choking at their neck hole with a kendo stick and grunting in their ear. You know, there's nicer ways to have fights than doing all of these things, and I was not holding back at all. So it was sloppy steaks at Fellini's is what you're saying. It was full-on sloppy <laughs> It was sloppy. Uh, those people had not seen anything like that, I don't think, before some of them. But also, like, the rest of the matches on that whole card. I also did commentary. They asked me this. This is the funniest thing. I only agreed to it because it was the funniest thing I'd ever been asked at a show. It almost sounded like a prank. They said, well, you do commentary for the first two matches and then you're match three? And I go, oh, absolutely. I'll go completely lose focus of this match for two whole matches while I call detailed commentary of matches in front of me happening. And then I'll literally go behind the curtain, throw on my jacket and have my battle nuts. Right. That's hilarious. But after the show, me and me and Billy were out back and we were talking and these, they said, we've never been to a wrestling show before. And it's really wholesome to see that you two actually are talking to each other here. Can we get a picture with you? And we did a picture, but it was like, they appreciate it. Like it almost took a weight off their shoulder of like, uh, do they just go around hating each other? And it was like, that's a genuine thing for some of these new fans coming in is kind of figuring this out. And they almost benefit more from going, okay, well they had their fight, they got through their thing and now they worked it out. That's how you, that's how you work it out in their world. You know, you got to be consensual in the ring with your violence, but we've, we've worked it out. It was a little outside of the ring too. Also Envy young, Max the Impaler. I was real fired up about Max because Max is non-binary. They work at ring of honor and they have been forced into the women's division, which is kind of like bananas to me. And I was real fired up about it because they are not allowing them to compete in the men's division because I guess I don't know. It's very odd. It feels like they're running for money on this. And I've known Amy Rose, who is her on-screen is the, like she is the on-screen manager of Max and Amy Rose has been really killing it. And she was doing work with Los Ingobernables. She was doing interview work. And now like I see how Amy Rose believes in Max and I saw what Max was capable of Friday night with MV Young. They, I mean, that was a wasteland match of, it was insane. Like, Billy Dixon and I beat each other up and used some weapons. Max and MV caused a, a fucking chaos tornado, and it was incredible. So that'll be on YouTube for Enjoy Wrestling. I think that's fun. After that, though, my day was not done. I thought it was... I rode in the car with a wonderful cast of characters, uh, including Willow Nightingale and Edith Surreal and Veda Scott and Billy Dixon. We all got in the van 
Uh, shout out Edith Surreal's mom who hooked it up big time. Like these are the things that make indie wrestling move and they're beautiful. And it was such a pleasant ride. And Veda drove some some of the way, but then I gotta just like for my own narrative let you know that like I finished that drive and I got us to Philly at five seventeen in the morning and then slept for two hours and Edith was gonna be on the early show in Atlantic City, so we had to get out the door. We go immediately. I guess I slept for two hours, like on this. And really, Israel, you have to trust me. I had to sleep on that floor on that mat because my back was so messed up at that point that, like, I needed just a hard floor with a mm-hmm. thin mat to kind of say, let me reset for three hours, two hours, whatever yeah. it was. And people don't understand that we're not actually supposed to be sleeping on super pillows are the biggest rib of all dude. Like I've, I can go off on pillows because think about that, man. Like your neck should not be lifted off like that. Mm -mm. That's insanity. Mm -hmm. Pillows make you addicted to pillows and thinking you need pillows. You just got to get out of there without them. You breathe better without pillows. You really do. Or get a back pillow or something to elevate that part of yourself. I don't know. We are anti-pillow. We are anti... Who's the pillow man? Trump's friend, the pillow man? (laughs) uh, Mike? Yeah. Have you... You showed me in the commercial the part about the cross necklace, right? Have you seen that part? No. So in the commercial where they're like, the couple is sad and they see him in the mirror. And when he switches over to the outfit, he also has the cross necklace added to his chest so like not only has he gained a pillow and he's more excited and this man like lives in his mirror mike liddell who just keeps showing up on the tv yelling just racist hate speech all the time uh he put the cross necklace on the guy too when he transforms into his non-shitty self after getting a my pillow fuck pillows all pillows get a sturdy floor mat and live like live like the gods do Jesus didn't have a pillow when he was crucified. Well, that was just during the crucifixion. I can't imagine. He was sleeping on that boat one night, and that was sort of a whole you spectacle. He had a my pillow in that boat. Dude, there's no way Jesus had a my pillow in the boat because he was asleep. You can't sleep on a my pillow. Didn't he run out and yell at the storm right then? Didn't he say, "Hey, hey"? Didn't they wake him up? They said, "Oh my god." Yeah, there were two. Was it one time or two times? Because there's the calming the storm, and he basically yells at the disciples for being pieces of shit. Like right after. Um, yeah, and yeah. Then don't wake the me up. Part with Peter where he gets in the water and walks. Yeah, so there's those two instances. I think the first one he was asleep, and they like, yeah, he has to go out there, and he's like, hey, you, storm, stop it, stop yeah. it, stop it. You know, and they're sort of like marvelled but at he's the like walking. Pissy about being woken up. Of course, of course, because he's like, dare, dare you not have trust in me? Does this this storm is what breaks you to think I'm not in control anymore? How dare you? And that's why I'm rewriting the Bible, Peter. We're getting there. I'm going to need some editing help here shortly. Uh, I don't want to lose part of the plot here, though. We got to the show. I watched a little wrestling. It was the the beating in my heart of seeing Everett Connors and Charlie Evans reunited in the cage match. It was so beautiful. If Even if I get blood on my sweater, will you still kiss me in the cage match? Charlie Evans came all the way from Australia to... to help Everett Connors and to be reunited as the power couple of wrestling. And it was a, an afternoon narrative that was beautiful. This is happening at three in the afternoon. America should be tuning into this. This is, this is the most emotional fucking warfare shit I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. Oh, either way that night I had to fight Matt Cardona and I'm not going to disrespect his name anymore. 
His name is Matt Cardona. All right. He's Zack Ryder at WWE, but that's not fair anymore. But he did do some shitty stuff. I just, did you look at any of the pictures of him hitting me in the face with stuff? I, I saw the chair. You saw the chair? Yeah. So a lot of people were concerned about the chair. There were, there were multiple chair moments. One of them that I will reference is when I was thrown a chair my way, Van Terminator style, and drop kicked in the face. That is what caused my head to bleed. And that was the chair shot that I had the least control over. But it was my fault for not catching the chair right. And I made the decision to stick with the chair. And I went down with the chair and I was fine. And I continued the rest of the match. The other chair shots, though, I want to draw attention to. Because backstage, you can confirm or not confirm America. I was yelling, that motherfucker better hit me in the face. And then I said to him, you better hit me in the face with a chair, motherfucker, if you want me to die. And if you watch that match and at any point think I am not directly feeding my head to him and forcing him to do this to me when he clearly was uncomfortable with it, I made that man do something he was not comfortable with because I gave him no other choice. And guess what? It is my choice to get hit in the head at that point. I could have easily crawled away and taken it to my back. I could have easily rolled out of the ring and gotten away. But I said, bring it. I put the hands up, dude. I said, come here. Give it to me. If you think you can beat me, fucking beat me. And he still couldn't beat me because his girlfriend put on a fucking Mance Warner jacket and some ski goggles and came in there and double nutted me across the bil- the, the billiard or whatever it's called. The one who you were photoshopped into her wedding photos? Yes. Okay. I she showed up in a disguise. Happened. Yeah. And she... She had an agenda. I hit, I hit the sack rider on Matt Cardona which is a move that I saw him do and I copied it. I'll say that, but it's my move now, you piece of crab. All right. She pulled the ref out and I had nothing left. And I pulled her and I grabbed her and I didn't even know who it was. I had no clue who it was. And then what did Matt Cardona do? Nutted and gutted, hit me in the balls. Then what did she do? Hit me in the balls. Then what did he do? He did a sack rider off the fucking top rope like a motherfucker. What else, what else do I have? And to Allie Catch, I'm sorry. She tried to come in there when he started pulling nefarious shit. She grabbed him. She held him. He tried to hit her with a belt, man. He tried to hit her with a fucking piece of metal. And did I crack her in the face with a steel chair? Yeah. Because I swing for the fences, baby. And I'm not going to give it half ass if I think I'm going to hit Matt Cardona. I'm going to swing for the fucking fences, baby. And she was fine. You know how I know Allie Catch was fine? She beat Mercedes Martinez the next day with, with magic and with intent. And so maybe she wasn't fine before. Maybe she needed to get hit in the head. I don't know. But probably not because she's the toughest women's wrestler on the planet right now. She will fight men. She will fight women. She will fight they. She will fight you. She will fight all of us because Allie Catch is not scared of it. She's ready for it. Matt Cardona, though, man, that really blasted my freaking head. It blasted my head, man. It was insane. A lot of people were like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I'm okay. Shout out to Mick Foley. Mick Foley came. Do you know who Mick Foley is? I know the name. Yeah, so that's good. But he did immediately get a cactus chant. Cactus Jack, a character he used to uh, bring deathmatch notoriety around okay, the world. Okay, yeah, that's why I know. And... 
you know, a character that appeared later in WWF. I only know that because of Travis Scott. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Cactus Jack is a Mick Foley character. You know where I'm coming from. Okay. But understand why Travis Scott's so fascinated with Cactus Jack is he's bang, bang. He's hardcore. He's elbows to the concrete. He's barbed wire. He's snapping his ear off in Germany. He's crazy man stuff. He's one of the most incredible, like, he will never fit a mold and and to get to meet him, you know, Saturday night was an honor and it was so cool. And he yelled out, fuck Matt Cardona at the end of the show. And he never cusses cause he's Santa Claus. Now he does Santa Claus conventions now. And he was talking to really? every, yeah, dude, he's really into Santa Claus. It's really incredible. And so from like, uh, basically now on, he does full Santa Claus gear and does Santa Claus appearances. What yeah. He's like the coolest dude of all time. Okay. I also like, I, know his daughter because she dates Frank the clown. And I know Frank the clown from freelance and Frank the clown is like people misunderestimate and misunderstand Frank the clown. And he's a hateable guy at at the freelance uh, shows. He's a hateable guy at the warrior shows. He's a hateable guy on WWF TV, but he does have that nice Cadillac and he lets me ride in that sometimes. So I keep Frank close. Uh, I love Frank. In that sense and regard, but Noel has always been very kind to me. I've known her a few years, and so I said, "Hey, you know, I know, I do know your day." And I think he at first was like, "How, how, how?" And I was like, "Hold up!" But we we had a few phrases with each other, and I don't know, I don't know how. I think I'm going to keep that one to myself. I think that's the right choice yeah. for now. Maybe it'll come out later. Uh, but it was it was very good. Now that night, I had a great time. We uh, we took we took on a little bit of of energy, but for the most part, I think we were pretty cooked. Like I'd been going at it for a while, and that was an exhausting day. And there's no sleep that night, so I think I cooked out a little early here. And as far as Sunday goes, uh, I did get to do commentary. I got to do some commentary with Kevin Gill and Dave Prezak. And uh, when you're in a three person booth doing commentary, it can be difficult because Prezak is there to do. Uh, historic reference, wrestling reference, and play-by-play, and really get into the nitty-gritty. And, you know, KG is there to, like, keep the stories up and keep the references going and keep the energy up and keep the excitement there. And I'm sort of there to give, like, my little magic, my little, like... Color, right? It's color, but also, like, I think I've got reference to these wrestlers because I'm around them in a way where, like, there's a current... You have a current thing. I think Eddie Kingston is really good at it, where there's a... You're giving... You're giving... Uh, parts of the, these characters that maybe they don't even know they're giving themselves because you're noticing more things back there. And so you want to take that time to really put the stories over and really put the people over. And it's like, it's rewarding to do, to have people go to me. When I go to someone, I go, what's going on today? And then I'm able to translate that a little better for them and catch the things they're doing and explain that out more than someone would know, you know, who didn't spend the last five hours with these people or the last right. seven weeks with these people. It's it's very fun to do commentary and to do it this weekend with Rich Bikini and Dave Prezak and Kevin Gill. I'm like, what a legacy, what a cemented legacy to get in there and do that, baby. Oh, it feels good. What am I missing, Peter? There's not a lot else to get into right now. Joey Janela, Minoru Suzuki, really great. Fuck. Really good. My favorite Suzuki match so far. Homicide was up there though. I don't know. Homicide might be bad. It's, 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 of course, Joey's match was long and drawn out, but it was right for the room, man. It was what the room needed. 
Homicides was a little more like a back alley, a little closer to a back alley murder scene kind of thing. But Joey's was a little more of a, there was a, there was a story for Joey there where I think the bad boy's back. I think the bad boy's back, baby. I'm worn, Peter. I'm worn. And I'm taking this weekend off for the kind of, kind of me taking a weekend off kind of. Yeah. What's that look like? I'm still going to hang out with uh Manders Thursday night. Cause he's coming in for action wrestling. So I may even jaunty down to the action wrestling show. I'm not booked on there or anything, but I'm, I may go hang out, but I'm also, I kind of just want to hang out with my boyfriend. You all should. Weekend. I you think should. that's what I want to do. He was so excited to see you on Thursday. Yeah. He's incredible and he's so lovely. And he makes the most of it. But he does have my favorite phrase of all time, which is people will be like, why doesn't he come to the show? Why didn't he come here? And I go, you have to know this is really enjoyable for me, but it is also my job. And so I can't bring my boyfriend to my job all the time. And plus, the last time I asked him, he said, now why would I want to sit around for four hours to watch you get beat up for 10 minutes? It just doesn't make sense with the math. And I was like, baby, you're right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I think back to shows he has been to, seeing him and Cassandro have, you know, a glass of champagne together after the clusterfuck Saturday night when he was hanging out, there's such a an innocence and beauty to the way he reacts to all of it. And it's, I need to keep that close because that's like, it's the reminder of what's real in this, which is we are entertaining people. We are giving people a show and like we get lost in the, we get lost in the complication of all the stuff that we have to deal with to be wrestlers and to be a part of wrestling that we sometimes forget that like the point we are here is to just like give them the drama, give them the show, give them the excitement. And he sees that. And when he's there, he participates in that fun way. He's not, he doesn't think of you as a God or like, Oh, this legend did this or that. He's just like, the wrestlers are here to put on a show. Here they go. Yeah. These are the ones I like. I cheer for them the best I can. Do they have beer? Do they have snacks? I want a picture with this one. Let me buy a shirt. And if every fan was that fan and didn't have to know, you know, what we ate for breakfast or didn't have to know all the different storyline things going on or whatever and, and digging so deep, it's like I appreciate the depth of a statistical kayfabe fan who really wants to talk to me about types of variations of hammer locks and stuff and who held the true lineage of the Intercontinental Belt. But I also just like I want people to come and say, Man, I that brought me joy, that brought me excitement, that brought me real uh, a real moment to just let it loose. You know, I'm not trying to preach here, man, but it's like people lose sight of what this shit is. Yeah. And it should always be bringing you joy. It should always bring you happiness. That I feel like that's a really good metaphor for life. Yeah. Is that like we, you should be, you should be participating in life in the way that AJ is participating at wrestling shows where, it's just do the best you can do. Have a good time. Yeah. Are there snacks? <laughs> yeah. Are there snacks? Like I didn't really like that one. I'm going to go get a beer right now and now I'm back and I'll watch this part. We might not stay for the whole thing. I love that phrase. He goes, there's another one after you. I go, we're fine. Shout out though. Zicky, Dave Marquez, that whole, the PWX team that was backstage helping out. It was so professional at championship wrestling from Atlanta. I got to just say it again for as long as I had to kind of sit around like, they had snacks, they had meal prep kits, they had water, they had pizza, they had people checking in on us, they had runners giving us time cues, they had, you know, people, the locker room had Tony Nice in it, had Aria Davari in it, had, uh, like, there were so many people in this locker room that, like, were giving out free advice that you would probably have to pay $60 for a seminar, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
I got to see uh, Juicy. Juicy. Juicy finale, baby. I left Juicy a present in Atlanta before he went to the hotel. You know? It was fun to have some recognition of someone that you've talked about on the podcast. Yeah. He... He's a he's a unique once in a lifetime kind of performer, dude. I I understand now how he's able to bring his own beer into casinos. You get it, okay? Yes. Nobody's and <laughs> nobody's I'm, I'm talking about not gambling, team. sitting at the table and just looking at you like, and they're like, uh, "Sir, do you need anything?" And he's like, "Not yet." <laughs> I don't know if y'all got if y'all are bringing around trays, you know, oh, Peter. Did we run real short today? We did not because we have one more thing to do. Oh my God. Would you like to answer a question? Yeah, I would. someone that wrote into the email. I would love to answer a question. All righty. I have not heard this question yet. Hi, Effie. I've become a recent fan of yours since discovering you through Danhausen and recently found your podcast, which I really enjoy. You're someone that is very positive and seem to focus on overcoming whatever challenge comes your way but also look after yourself at the same time. My question is, what is your daily routine to stay positive and prime yourself for whatever comes your way? Thank you, Mark from Sydney, Australia. Mark, perfect. I think this is, uh, you're asking me this at the right time because I'm, you know, I feel like this week I'm gonna be overcoming some challenges. I feel like this weekend I overcame some challenges and it is something that is constant. I think what we have to do is to constantly be mindful of not letting our not letting our thoughts be consumed by things that are of that negative or of uh, not being confident in yourself or of just not taking in everything at, as it is. Uh, if I'm out walking the dog and I'm taking in how beautiful the weather is or how the fall breeze feels and I'm watching the dog enjoy itself, even if I have other things on my mind or even if I know I'm going to be dealing with other things later or worrying about difficulties at the rest of my week, I'm not, I'm trying to be in that moment when I'm in that moment and I'm trying to deal with those things when I deal with those things. And like the advice I've kind of given before too is I've done it where I make lists and I go, these are the things I'm worried about. These are the things I'm worried won't happen. These are the things that won't stay true to me. And then you kind of look through at what you really needed to worry about and it wasn't as much. And so I try to give things only the importance they need. Like there's only so much of ourselves we can put to worry and be effective and be able to function and be able to actually do stuff. You know, the doing cannot be uh, interjected by the thoughts process of trying to stop you from doing it. Cause you will always have a reason not to do something. There's always a, re- you can always come up with a reason, but you know, to just do that's incredible. So you just kind of take it all in. Sometimes it's rough. Look at the ceiling. Was I a little too negative on this episode today? Maybe I was, but maybe I needed that to work through what I was feeling in my heart anyway. Maybe I needed to talk at that level and you never know how you're going to approach a challenge. I don't know how I'm going to approach the challenges in my life until they hit me, but I'm always malleable to it. And I'm always aware of where I stand and I'm always putting in the effort to get it done. The effort to get towards positivity of whatever that task may be. That's awesome. I feel inspired. Do you? I do. I think it's, uh, it's, you just have to, you got to do what you say you're going to do and you got to do it the way you said you would, if that makes sense. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is the right thing. Not because it's the hardest thing to do, 
but because you might have to tuck some ego. You might have to approach someone that you treated poorly. You might have to, you know, put objectives in your way that you didn't expect by not taking those shortcuts or not taking those easy paths out. It's, I'll tell you how Mick Foley got through his meet and greet line with everyone talking to him all night by staying there the whole night. And Mick doesn't do a lot of public appearances right now if he's not doing Santa Claus stuff or this or this. So this was unique. There were wrestling fans there. But he took every person genuinely. He looked at every person genuinely. He heard every person's story genuinely. Stories he's heard many, 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 many times. And he could have just signed and said, everybody, guys, you have 30 seconds. Just say hey to Mick. He's going to sign your thing and move on. But he took pictures with them all. He did it there. And guess what? That goes so long with the fans because he just does the right thing. And I want to I want to mold myself in that way of making sure I have that transparency, making sure I'm approaching things with a genuine challenge. And when I have challenging weeks like this where I've got to do these things, it's like sometimes you just suck it up and do it. You go and you make it happen and you enjoy yourself the whole time along the way. But you don't lose track of the, the primary, you know. We're in. What do I say at the end of these things? I think just put your social over and uh, we'll give them the email. If you'd like, that was, so that's the first time we've had anyone uh, ask a question. Yeah. So if you would like your question answered, weekendeffies at gmail.com. Please email that. I'm not looking at any of these questions. I'm not looking at any of these emails. I'm leaving this to Peter. And I'm going to pay him money from our podcast because y'all listen to it. That's lit, right? It's incredible. It's growing. It's growing every day. I hope it gives you a new insight. And I hope you know, if you're listening to this, and I'm looking at Peter right now, the thing is, I can't, there's certain things on here I can censor. There's certain things on here I can give the polite version of because it's, you know, it's an adult world out there, but we're going to give it real here, you know, as real as I can give it. I I got to tell you what's going on, Peter. You know, that's it. We're cutting it here, though. Effie lives on Twitch, on Pro Wrestling Tees, on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but don't fuck Mark Zuckerberg, piece of shit. Uh, I don't know. Tweet at it. Tweet about it. I got some cool shit coming up soon, Peter, that we're going to have to talk about on here. It'll be, it'll be wild style. We're getting there. Uh, oh, we're taking a week off too, right? I don't know. Yeah, we're taking a week off. Okay, we're taking we'll a week just, off. We'll say we'll t- we're taking a week off. If it doesn't happen, then you can... If you guys send in enough questions, we'll probably have a full episode worth of stuff there to talk about. Go, yeah. But as this is sort of revolving around my wrestling weekends, I am wrestling Sunday night, Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, Austell, Georgia. Not in Atlanta, Georgia, but in Austell, Georgia. Uh, look it up. Uh, Google it. Me and Ashton started taking on the Metro Bros. Is he gay or is he Metro? No, these teams are both. Uh, that's how I would sell the feud, if you will. But that's the only match I have this weekend, so it's sort of um, it's a it's an off weekend, and I need to be off for a moment. Yeah. And I need to be reflective for a moment, and you more than anyone know. I need to just take a step back and be reflective in my life. Whew. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, we'll uh, can I? I want to plug my. Please in. plug your stuff, okay. dude. I'm so sorry. No, 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 oh my no, no, god! No. Don't Stay apologize. around. Don't apologize. Please. Uh, I I take photographs of alien beings that live in my apartment. Go check them out on Instagram at Low Sky Dance. That's L O W S K Y Dance, and same on Twitter. Y'all go get into Peter's stuff. Peter Peter took these pictures of AJ that were. It wasn't even him. 
It was, yeah, it was just some demon thing that came in. What are you doing? Oh, I was tapping your foot. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were giving me an Iggy like I'd fucked up here. It was incredible. No, 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 Low no. sky dance. I was trying to push Lucy off of you, but we just played footsie instead. Your dog has it. Do, do you care if people know about your dog socials? Or yeah, no, we your... can plug Lucy's social. Low Sky Lucy, right? Um, actually, right Did now, you change it's it? a pup named Satan. A pup named Satan. Lucifer herself. She is a doll. She's licking my legs right now. I love it. It means uh, I need to get my life together. I know what Lucy tells me. And it's deep. It's deep stuff. 